On this week's Bet the Process, Jeff joins us from somewhere in California with a not great connection, but my connection might be worse. We're counting on your feedback to find out. Um, we go over some early bowl game results and narratives to go along with them. Before we get into our college football bowl picks for the remaining games, we talk about trends in handicapping NFL weeks 16 and 17, and then, as always, give our NFL picks. Uh, the Bet the Process podcast, as always, is brought to you by the Sports Action app slash Action Network app, which is the best way to track your picks. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome the to this week's uh, Bet the Process podcast where. I am freezing my butt off in coastal Maine, sitting in a car in 16 degree weather outside of a library so I can use the internet uh, to have a good, so so we can have a good connection. And Jeff is out in someplace a lot warmer, I hope. Yeah, I'm in Orange County, and I'm un- unbelievably amazed by your dedication to this podcast. To me, I feel like you are um, going above and beyond the call of duty. I kept telling Rufus, you know, we have to do a podcast this week. People would understand that it's between Christmas and New Year's and we didn't do a podcast, but Rufus is like, people care, people listen, people want to hear our picks, people want to hear our opinions. I mean, Either if it's a deluded sense of our value to the world or he's the most dedicated human being we've ever met. Either that or I think it's way too close with our picks coming down to the wire and, and I think you might be a game up or something and I, I need, I need, I want to increase the sample size. I'm definitely winning for sure after last week. And, um, well, why don't we just jump into college first? I have a few things that I wanted to talk to you about. Okay, um, let's do it. Well, this week, there, this past week, if we look at, and actually it's probably a good way to, to segue because last week some of your picks, um, well, one of your picks specifically looked terrible, right? I mean, like, obviously a loss is a loss. Are we talking about Houston, Houston, right? Yeah. Houston? Houston moved. Houston moved. Army had moved quite a bit right they they went all the way up to i think it was like six and a half six and a half yeah as high as, high as it got and a lot of the reason it was moving if, as far as i could tell was that houston had a bunch of players that were going to be out um especially on the defense and there was there was a worry that you know their their sort of rush defense had gotten worse and worse all season and with the players that they were missing it was going to continue to get worse they had no ability to stop army zero um, but actually, what's interesting is you contrast that to Minnesota, yeah, who I was say that. similarly moved up, um, but then managed to crush their opponent. You wonder, like, is this just a narrative? Like, is this just, you know what I mean? Like, I was thinking, like, oh, maybe maybe our models don't work because they don't incorporate all this player news. Do you think you'll be making any adjustments on this stuff going forward? Or so far, this whole season has sort of played out? Like you expected to, you're winning some, you're losing some, et cetera. I mean, I think I've lost more than I've won so far. It's it's pretty close overall, but um, right now I think Baylor is. What's the score of this Baylor game? Baylor Baylor's up in the third quarter as we as we record this. So if if Baylor wins, then I'm I'm back to in the positive with my bets for for bowl games. But um, I, you know, honestly, I, it is easy to sort of say that you know Houston was completely dominated by Army and that it was because of those injuries, but I mean, they lost by 56, right? I think it was 70 to 14 or something like that. You know, even without those injuries, they're going to lose big. And so I think it just shows that there is a lot of uncertainty in, um, in these bowl games and, and, and you see some results that just don't make a ton of sense. I mean, we, I had a uh, Duke as a pick earlier today. Plus I think I gave it out as four and a half or three. And I closed it, I think three and a half or three. And, that you know they were down 27 14 and midway through the second quarter they reeled off the next 42 points and won 56 to 27. um yeah so- we had we had the second half during the game so that's a win 
and it sucks to win, to lose and under when some of the teams shut out in the second half. Yeah, it does. But I, I was going to ask you, so, so I mean, I think it's easy to sort of say, oh, yeah, the narrative worked on this one. But then, you know, it, it, in some games, it seems like, you know, that narrative that you think, you know, is moving lines isn't going to work. And so, obviously, this is that's not a very scientific analysis by me of, of this at all. And I think that, you know, obviously, the Houston defensive players definitely made a difference. And they, they definitely were not able to stop Army on the ground. So. <laughs> Um, it, it's just being able to pinpoint which players are going to be important before the game begins, uh, which is more difficult to do, I think, especially in the college game. I mean, where you really, let's be honest, you don't really have that much information on um, each player. You know, you can say, okay, this guy's fill, you know, this guy will fill in who's a freshman. He was a two-star recruit. He had an offer at Illinois State and, you know, North Dakota State or something like that and was a walk on. I don't know. I mean, you, but we don't have the ability to really quantify these individual players nearly as well in college as we do in the NFL. So it, it makes it difficult. Yeah. That's interesting that you had Baylor tonight. I, I just, uh, I didn't know that was an official play because you hadn't released it. Um, why, why did that become a play? No, it wasn't official. It was not an official play. I had it before. Uh, I had it before um, we released our picks i got it at four and a half and five and i think the line was four three and a half when i ended up posting picks so i I make the line 1.9 so i mean same thing with like for example i got a a micro play on wisconsin at plus four this was like when the lines came out you know um a few weeks back so there's a lot of those right yeah you know, like the, I think Wisconsin was actually a pretty interesting game today earlier today because when you think about narrative, as I was thinking about this game, I was thinking about how Miami going into the season was seen as sort of a, I think they were like a top 10 team, right? And then they had a very disappointing team or maybe a top 20 team. Um, and I thought about Friars and the idea like, okay, did this team underperform? Will they come out and, and over? outplay Wisconsin because Wisconsin had been sort of this trendy underdog pick. And then I even thought about a larger sample size, which was that like Miami really just surprised everyone last year. So maybe their talent level isn't that high. (laughs) But Miami had a new coach last year. They got Mark Richt last year from Georgia. Right. Right. So, I mean, I I feel like that, you know, you finally are getting some of his guys in there, some of the recruits that he, he brought in. He's a great recruiter. He was always a great recruiter at Georgia. They just could never win that big game. But let's see, going into the season, I thought we had Wisconsin fairly high too. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I, I thought about that too. So I think my so here, was definitely wrong. <laughs> here we go. Wisconsin was Massey Peabody's number 11 team going into the season. Miami was number 13. So pretty close actually. Um, and then yeah. going into that game, you know, obviously I guess um, – Miami was slightly higher. Maybe more than right. yeah. yeah, 16. Well, Wisconsin, Miami was 16. Wisconsin rolled, Wisconsin rolled them. They did. But it, it so here's a question for you. How much would how much weight would you put on bowl games in terms of predicting um next season? So would you say that Army's, you know, or Houston's performance against Army, um what does that portend for them next year, if anything? Would you weight it as a full game more? Like, would you weight it more than their regular season games or less? No, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think the bowl games be very little. I think they're such a non sequitur. They're they're like such a such a deviation from the way things are. You have such a long time to prepare. You have motivations. You probably have different motivations than how you play people. Um, so I don't. I don't think there's very little correlation or crossover have you done it have you looked at that um you know i i i think i have at one point i um but a long time ago but not really in in depth i'm, I'm actually I, i'm asking because i'm actually doing some stuff regarding that right now I, I find that the end of the college football season well the end of the football season in general is when i kind of um have all these ideas for weight little improvements to the model and things i want to test out and so I've been doing a little bit of R&D this week while I'm up with my family up in Maine. Nice. 
Um, yeah. Did you guys have anything in that, that Cal TCU game last night? I made the total 38. I had an interesting discussion on Twitter with um, sort of with by um, the Twitter handle by week picks who uh, said he made the total 32. And so, you know, I kind of said, well, I would bet the over on any total that was 32, um, which as I think you would too, for college football, right? Sure. It's just a very like extreme total, even, you know, the army Navy game, which every year goes way under that. It seems like I'm I'm betting over like whatever ended up being 36 or 37, but um, but but he 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 kind of threw in my face an argument I had used in the past that a model doesn't have to be 100% right; it just has to be do- directionally right. And I kind of said, you know, well, I agree. I made the line 38 and it moved from 41 and a half down. So, you know, although I didn't bet that 41 and a half, that was that was when lines came out and limits were like $500. But, um, yeah, that game apparently. Like I didn't, I didn't have the pleasure of watching it, but did you? I, I, I heard, I heard. I, I think, I think pleasure would be a. Um, I think you're being sarcastic when you say pleasure, because that was a rough, rough, rough game to watch. Um, hey, hey, you got extra football for free. I actually had Cal in that game, and then we had a little bit on the second half under. Um, it got juiced pretty quickly, so it was 17 and a half. It opened, it went to minus 120 really quickly, and then actually I saw it as as juiced as minus 137 on the under. Was that a so, pinnacle? Uh, it was a Chris. Okay, Chris. So I'd love to sort of like have your you explain to our listeners why they do that and juice that so high uh, versus trying to move it to 17 or 16 and a half. Well, I mean, it was a what a seven nothing game at halftime. Yeah, is that right? Um, yeah, so... seven nothing. Cal was up, and then um, actually TCU was favored by half a point in the second half, which led our model actually in a situation like that. Um, you know, was marginal to the under. Um, we would li- we would have liked it more if um, Cal had been favored, obviously. So, right. I mean, but that was such a small spread that that I, I wouldn't think it would make much of a difference. Uh, it's like the bound. It's like a boundary thing in our model. I think not to get too much into the the, the nitty gritty of it. Okay. But anyway, okay. I can respect your desire for secrecy. That's not secrecy. It's just whatever. Anyways, Privacy. move on. Like someone, okay. someone, someone asked me by the way about like it heard that you were a very successful golf better which we talk about on this podcast and they're like if you take questions on the podcast can you ask him why he doesn't talk about the golf betting more <laughs> oh god and i was like you should that probably question. be able to answer that question yourself yeah i think i've said it before anything that i talk about um i mean i talk about a small percentage of the things that i'm doing um for pretty obvious reasons, I would think. Yeah, and you talk about you talk pretty freely about NFL, and the reason yeah. you talk freely about NFL is because it's such a big market. Exactly, it's a liquid market, and you're not going to have a big impact on that. And, I, and I'm only talking about NFL sides too. Yeah, we never talk about NFL totals. I even think you know, I'll, I'll tell you this though. I, I, you know, one thing I, I would never have talked about for, I didn't talk about for years and years and years was second half betting just because it was such a goldmine for so long and, and the market has just gotten so much more efficient over the last three years. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we, we, we both used to say this was our bet, at least the golden goose and hopefully it'll keep laying eggs and it didn't lay eggs for very much longer. <laughs> no, but there was like six years where it just printed money. It was ridiculous. Like, and now I guess you have more live betting. And so, uh, and I think you just have better numbers originating from the offshores for whatever reason. Somebody told me it was just literally they just changed like, you know, the book that sort of was originating it. They just, you know, some old guy retired and somebody new came in and who was setting those opening numbers and and suddenly the numbers are a lot better. It'd be funny if that was the well, case. There's just one dude that that is making, you know. Our buddy Ed claims that he was one when he was at Pinnacle that closed a lot of holes of a lot of professional hitters and syndicates and whatnot. Yeah, so, but that was, that was back in like playing. what? When was that? Like 2010? Uh, I it was a while ago. I know, but my point is, we have him to blame. That jerk. 
Well, I, I think for some holes maybe, but but I think I think those holes for second halves, you know, continued far far longer. I even wouldn't say yeah. they were holes. I would just say that the market, the the market number just didn't really understand how to price. What actually the it, the market does didn't know how to price, sort of situations that weren't as obvious. You know, like what happens when you have a twenty one point favorite that's losing by fourteen at halftime, or what happens if you know the game is pick, um, but you know the team's up thirty five nothing at the half. Like, you know, I don't know. Right. Yeah, uh, can we go, it's not can as we go back to can we go back to the, the Cal total? Let's hear it. I interrupted you. Yeah, you were okay. about to say something very insightful. I think. Oh, so well, I mean, seventeen is a hugely. I mean, it's a huge key number. I would, you know, I don't have numbers in front of me, but I would think seventeen is the modal outcome, right? I mean, it's that is going to be the most likely number that the second half hits on. So, um, it's easier to move that juice than move to that number, but but you know a lot of these books are going to offer alternates anyway. So I, I don't, I don't really see anything, any sort of, you know, I wouldn't read too much into the fact that the juice moved rather than the number moving to 17 or 16 and a half. Got it. I mean, I know, uh, you know in that case, like 17, if, if it was the score was seven, nothing, you know, you wouldn't get, um, you know, 17 wouldn't cause overtime. You're right. you put 17, up there's, there's no chance that 17 could have caused overtime. Right. A lot of weird stuff could have had to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Some safeties and field goals and more safeties and more field goals. We can figure out a way that it could have. It's just now there's a problem. Okay. Um, should we move in? Move on to our. Um, wait, should we recap? What were our picks last week? Our picks were you had Northern NIU. That's Northern Illinois, I assume. No, no, no. That was, wait, that was wait, this two weeks ago. Oh, uh, so two weeks ago. Okay, okay. We didn't. Uh, did we delete our picks on our notes from last week? We're gonna have to like go to like version history. I believe you had two picks and I had four picks. We will have to listen to last week's podcast to figure out what they are. No, I, know, I, know, I know. I know. I mean, like I had BC and Illinois the play yesterday Minnesota I think right you did Minnesota you yeah. did so you get a yeah, no I had, BC and, I had BC and Minnesota so I got no action BC I went one and zero in Minnesota and you went I believe one and three I, have I, I had I had Duke I know I had Duke I definitely had Houston um I definitely had Western Michigan and I, I and I had Louisiana Tech because Louisiana Tech was my biggest bet of both season um the Hawaii fade Strikes again. So I think I was two and two. Well, I but, say never, never fail. Yeah. Never so, fail. Well, I'll go and look through and make sure. But no, I no, think. Hey, so, yeah. Got it. Okay. So let's go to this week's picks. So this week's pick, yeah. I'm just going to give a couple of the national semifinals out. I like Notre Dame plus 13. I like Oklahoma plus 14. I just think that. I know that the numbers say that these numbers are close to, to being what the numbers should be. Um, but I, I think in, in this situation, you know, I love Oklahoma's ability to be able to score, even against a really good defense. I think they'll be able to score. And so the question is, is Alabama going to be able to just continue to score with them? Probably. But are they going to be able to outscore them by two scores basically the whole game? I am betting not. So I like Oklahoma plus the 14 and Notre Dame plus the 13. Okay. You know, on, on those games, I actually, I disagree with you on the Clemson-Notre Dame game. I took I took Clemson at minus 11 earlier. I think it went all the way up to 13 and a half at one point. I think it's 12 and a half to 13 now. Um, I yeah. make it 15. So I, I'm personally, I don't, you know, I think it's better than break even at, at 12 and a half. I wouldn't take it at 13. So, um, you know, maybe we have this little middle, I guess, if I've, Minus eleven, you have plus thirteen. Uh, as far as Oklahoma goes, I kind of wanted to have it as a pick because it it is a plus EV pick, but I haven't bet it. I, I want it to get to fourteen and a half. At fourteen and a half, I'm definitely going to fire on it. But and I think it might get there. Um, I make the line eleven point four. So um, hmm. I, I thought you know I kind of wanted to have I kind of want to have something on one of these games though. But but I do have I do actually have a ton of Oklahoma futures still. Oklahoma and Clemson are my futures team, so 
Um, but I what have would some... you what would you what would you make that money line? Like when would you fire on the money line in that game? Uh, Oklahoma Alabama. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be high enough. The college market, those money lines do not um, don't get high enough to really create underdog value. Interestingly enough, my first year in Vegas when I was working at LVSC, I would find so much value on underdog money lines in college and the pros, and I still see some value in NFL. Um, especially around uh, certain numbers. But um, also, I think my, my modeling is a little better than it was back then. But let me see. For a total of 14, or for, for a spread of 14, with the total of, what, 77? I think the true price should be like a minus 477 there. Although, you know, as I said, I don't think, I think the true spread should, is more like 11 and a half. So with, with an 11 and a half, but that's pre-regression to the mean. So... Um, I mean, I would, I would need to be getting a number probably above plus 450 to want to take it. What about you? Yeah, I would say plus 400 or better for me. So, and let's see, what do we think? What is the best price out there right now? Um, Pinnacle is dealing. Oh, wow. Wowzers. Pinnacle is dealing plus 490. So, well, see, there you go. I found a value for you. Apparently like. That's so I have to say, though, this is odd because normally a, a spread of 14 during the regular season, um, you would not get a money line of plus 490. So I think that there is sort of this this in Chris is plus 447. It looks like um, I don't yeah, know about in Vegas, but, that but, but that seems like um, it seems like an anomaly kind of because I'm sure there's a ton of action on this game, a lot of public action. So it may be one of those Super Bowl ones, but you wouldn't think Pinnacle would be the one dealing that sort of high number. They're not well, do you really think they, they've like taken some action that they're trying to balance, or do you think they're trying to get, you know, Oklahoma action basically because maybe they have Oklahoma liability, or maybe they have Alabama. I mean, sorry, reverse versus like reverse that. It, it could be. It could be. Did I mean they opened I mean, that? Notre Washington. Dame. Is that Notre Dame line team? Notre Dame on, on Chris is plus 351. Hey, Chris. I mean, so the Alabama line, they mo- opened it at, um, it, it opened at 13 and a half at Pinnacle with a, with a plus 403 money line. It's it's at 14 now, plus 490. So it, it, it's moved up. The money line's moved up a lot more than it should relative to the spread. But uh, they're plus 355 on that Notre Dame with, a, with 12 and a half. Let me look at my chart. 12 and a half total of like 65. No, 56 and a half, right? Um, should be 432. So, may, I mean, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe Penny just really wants to entice some Oklahoma money line action. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I have some bets on some less glamorous games. Should we go through those? Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm going to take Virginia plus five against South Carolina. And this is one where South I'm Carolina. You, I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you five and a half there. You're going to give me five and a half. You're a gentleman. Yeah. What it, that's what it does on Chris. Ooh. Um, plus five, plus five and a half, plus four and a half. Yeah, I'm looking across the board. We have anywhere between four and a half and five and a half. The Greek is the only four and a half. It looks like. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, I didn't. That's one where I got it at five and four and a half. So line movement not great there. Let's see. My second pick is going to be Arkansas State plus one against Nevada. That um, they were, I believe, a pick before, and even that that line has moved um, the other way. They open at minus two, so I have it at pick. So that's another one. Well, I mean, one and pick. There's not a huge difference there, but um, I make that game. Hold on, going between lots of spreadsheets, I make that three and a half. So. Not not huge, huge, but uh, also Virginia Tech, Cincinnati, and that's definitely one where I feel like people with the math models, disagree, the math models looking just at this season disagree because that is a lar- that is almost solely due to the fact that um, due to priors and and you know obviously Virginia Tech's had a lot of injuries and and especially quarterback and we factored the quarterback in, but I mean I make the line one a little over one and a half, but Virginia Tech going into the season. I had uh, Massey Peabody had them rated as the number 19 team in the country and Cincinnati 
with the number 88 team. So that's a huge difference. So basically going into the season, um, minus five, like I'm doing some math. I would have made the spread like nine, Virginia Tech minus 19 going into the season. And now Cincinnati is a five and a half point favorite, which is a huge difference, don't you think? I think it's about a four, uh, 24 and a half point difference. But yeah. That, yeah, very big. And then the last one I'm going to give, so I'm giving out four, is going to be NC State plus seven against Texas A&M in a game where maybe this is the Houston of, of maybe North Carolina State is the Houston of um, bowl games or the second Houston, whatever you're going to call it, because this line doesn't make a lot of sense except for the fact that uh, North Carolina State, I have in my spreadsheet that LB1 and WR1 are players sitting out, so they have a number one wide receiver and linebacker that are out. So those injuries, the markets obviously can thinking they're worth a lot. Um, are these, you know, I make the line two. Are the injuries worth five points? I don't know. I'm saying no um, because I bet on it. So yeah, I wonder the 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 counter narrative to that um, would be that is this a situation where oh, you get these. Uh, they're indicative of a team, you know, like if, if you're playing and, and a bunch of your really good players are sitting, is that be like team motivating for you because you're like, oh, well, these guys aren't playing. But I guess like the flip, the counter narrative to that counter narrative would be maybe you're more motivated because these guys are sitting. Well, isn't it the, the whole Ewing effect, right? Like if you're missing a key player, like that first game, this is, I think, a Bill Simmons thing, right? The The Ewing effect. Yeah, let's not let's not talk about it. So, so it's very scientific, obviously. But but you're right. I mean, I I do think these teams like these are Division One schools with, um, with depth that I would expect to have some depth. And you, you're, it, it, these backups that are getting chances to play are definitely going to be motivated. But you know, that's not why I'm betting this. I'm just thinking that I don't think these players are worth that much, and I don't have a way to quantify how much they are worth. But but I, I don't think given that I make the spread two and the spread to seven, I think it's a play. Like, I don't think you can make any argument that the linebacker and wide receiver combined or combined worth five points. I think that's fair. So my point is that the only way that you could justify it much, you think that this is indicative of an overall team motivation or team, you know, team effort or, you know what I'm saying? Like there's this like right. halo effect to those that's not playing. And there could be. Um, but as you said, we don't know. It could work the other way, too, as you said. So I have one more play. I have uh, UCF plus seven and a half against LSU. Um, I'm guessing your numbers probably don't like that pick. Um, so actually, that's not – I mean, I make it 7.2, and that's because UCF is without their starting quarterback, of course. But um, obviously the uncertainty with, you know, that quarterback adjustment is – not is is bigger than negligible so why do you like it well i just think that generally the the quarterback that they have replacing a mac is i think he's good i think he's very talented he's not he's not mckenzie milton he does different things but and you know i ucf is they've shown me something like they certainly showed me something against the team that they should have like gotten beat by last year offered um, similarly, they're they're playing an LSU team that, yeah, this is this is their this, this everything's on the line for UCF in this one, right? It's a chance to play an SEC game, team in a bowl game, um, and I, I just I yeah I don't know part of a line not gonna bet against them. I'm okay. never in college, remember? Yeah, you're saying everything's on the line, but I think hasn't the season proven that nothing is on the line because no matter how much they win, they're not gonna get to play for a national championship. At least not until we have an 18 playoff. I don't think that's going to be motivating for them. I guess I, I guess I see them being a much more motivated team than LSU. Okay, I mean, you know, LSU, LSU has to play like an America East or whatever, whatever this, whatever, whatever this conference. Is <laughs> You've been watching too and, much basketball. Yeah, they got to, they got to play. Um, well, what, what division is UCF in? What's the name of their division? The Amer, the American or something? AAC. Yeah, American athletic, whatever. Yeah, anyway. America East is like where like Boston University plays. UCF plus seven has Okay, okay. I, and by the uh, way, probably without a quarterback adjustment, Jeff, I make it three and a half. So I, I, you know, and you're saying that 
it's not a big downgrade. So, um, yeah, he's a, he's I don't mind it. He's a runner. He's a runner. So it's not like I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a realm possibility. Yeah, that he could that he could cause some problems. I might, I might, uh-huh. you know, especially given the uncertainty with the new quarterback and all that. Like, uh, you know, I may if I if I get a good money line there, I might pull the trigger. But uh, plus two forty. Well, I like that. I like that. And actually, plus two forty eight. My my number says that with with um, we would seven and a half juice too, fifty five and a half total. Um, that it should be a fifty percent. Um. Yeah, plus two sixty, but given uh, given the lean, you know, plus two forty eight doesn't seem like a bad deal. Maybe that's maybe we'll do and, something with that. And that is shaded. That's a plus. That's a seven and a half, but it's sort of shaded towards UCF a little bit, at least at the shark books. Yeah. If you look at Bovada, it's probably shaded the other way. That's not a sharp. No, not a sharp book. Okay, so let's uh, moving on. Um, handicapping week 17. Jeff, you pointed out in our show notes that that uh, Dr. Bob sent out a tweet about teams that are out of contention versus teams that are in contention the last two weeks of the season. He says that NFL teams that are eliminated from playoff contention are 97-61-5 against the spread in the final two weeks of the season when facing a team in a win or be eliminated from the playoff situation. So Last week, he said it applied to Jacksonville, Cincinnati, and Atlanta. And however, Atlanta was facing a Carolina team that had admitted they were eliminated from the playoff contention. They had a 1.1% probability, and that's why they set Cam Newton. So I don't really think it's applicable there. But um, what do you think of this? Do you think this? I don't know. I mean, it's it's like uh, the, the general idea that people probably overvalue lack of motivation versus like extreme motivation. I generally believe that's true. I mean, we've said this before, Um, but betting any sort of trend blindly is generally not a good idea um, because markets tend to tend towards efficiency. And so anything like this becomes known or people think about it, it's the value of it tends to go away. And, and it's very, it's very specific, like the way he was commenting about it. It's very specific to exactly like this whole idea of like facing elimination, et cetera. And just like what he said, it was very meaningful, right? It's like Carolina has a very tiny chance, right? Right. That, so that really wasn't how, a game where, are, how are they? Are they? That wasn't a game where they, they felt a ton of pressure. Like you would think, uh, you would think, oh, wow, they're going to be way more motivated than a normal team. They're a team that, if anything, would be kind of despondent because their chances had they you know they had you know earlier in the season they looked like a lock for the playoffs and and they lost a what they lost like five or six games in a row at least and yeah and they're starting and bench their starting quarterback so we could get healthy so um, I agree with what you're saying though I I do think that the trend is directionally right and that in that teams that I don't think teams that are in must-win situations, they're going to somehow just like be able to turn up their game to a different level. It's the whole clutch hitting thing, right? Too, right? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it. Yeah, it's it's it tends to be overvalued, I think. Um, and the markets, um, they kind of adjust to these things. So, yeah. so like, I, I think that a lot of these trends that used to work in the NFL, especially the ones that you think generally make sense. Um, become, you know, over time, um, they just, people, people just talk about them too much. They get bet on and the markets change because of that. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you, if you, if you're someone who has a model, you can sort of see where you can sort of see that the value may be dissipating. Right. And so, I mean, this week, um, let's see the games that apply this week would be the Redskins Eagles. The Eagles are, they need to win and get help, but the Redskins, or out of it, and that line is six and a half. Massey Peody makes it six. Player model makes it three and a half. So I, I would lean towards the Redskins there, but but I could have seen like you know I actually thought that that line might be a little higher. So um, are there any others? 
Houston is not a win in, in your end situation because I believe they even if they lose, they get the sixth seed, I think, right? Am I remembering yeah. correctly? Yeah. I think Houston's in no matter what, right? Right, but at the same time, motivationally, it's just as important for them because they'd rather play a home playoff game and they have a chance. Sorry, for Houston? Yeah, and they have a chance at the number two seed if they win and things fall right. If they win and the Patriots lose, then they get a first round. I mean, they can go anywhere, just just like you said, they can go anywhere from two to six. It's a huge difference. Yes, it is. You'd much rather play at home in the wild card round and you'd much rather have uh, a bye game as well. Um, Baltimore is also winning your end. And that's actually one where I do think the line has gotten a little higher than I expected it, you know, than it would have been in a normal week. And I can tell you that because I've been so like the Massey Peabody model has been low on Cleveland all year, whereas the the player model has been very high on Cleveland. But this is the first week really where where I'm not showing very much value against Cleveland on the Massey Peabody model, which has the spread at seven. So. I looked back previous weeks, it basically averaged like four points of value against Cleveland. And so this week, the fact that it's like a half a point, um, I think it because it, the line got up to six and a half, the Ravens favored by six and a half. Now it's back to six. But honestly, I think I'm going to pull the trigger on Cleveland plus six and a half here, especially given the fact that I have uh, I have a lot of futures riding on Baltimore to, or a lot of futures on Baltimore to win the AFC North. So one of the things actually, Rufus, is Cincinnati would, Pittsburgh would fall into this, right? Because Pittsburgh is still in it technically. Cincinnati's out of it. Pittsburgh yep. needs the win to stay in contention. So they would fall into this category. But, um, yeah. Seattle, if Seattle loses. No, they're in. They, they won last week. They, they, they've clinched. They really don't have a lot to play for. It's whether they're five or – I think they're – if they as long as they – Ooh, how, how about this? Tennessee and Indianapolis. Well, those those teams are both in. I mean, that that is a playoff I'm game. Just kidding. Let me see. My, let me see my little chart with. Uh, I have. By my, the way, did you have? Did you have? Can we? Can we iterate on something? Yeah. Well, by the way, have, Seattle's ninety three percent to get that five seed, seven percent to get the six seed. Did you have Washington and under in the second half of that Washington Tennessee game? Um, I can. Let me see. I can uh, look it up really quickly. You know what happened? I'm guessing, I'm game, guessing, right? Yes, I do know what happened. I was watching. I was watching in the little bar in the town of Blue Hill, Maine, with my dad and my brother. It was it was quite great. I had no action. Oh, I had no action at all in the second half because of the Mario injury. I I did not. Um, actually, that should have made under a lot better. But so so because of yeah. that. I would have shown basically without the injury, I showed a tiny value and a little bit of value on the over, so I passed on it. I had Washington. We had Washington the under, and that was that one was a gut punch because. Oh yeah, you I can talk imagine. about games. You talk about games that like when you lose. There's just and, and Malcolm Butler had so many opportunities to go down. Oh yeah, there was no reason for him, no reason for him to score that touchdown. None at all. And it was so frustrating. And it was funny because as soon as Josh Johnson loaded up and threw that ball somewhat deep, I was like, oh, I'll head here because they're not going to do like a, a horrible lateral. And it's going to get caught and tackled, intercepted, and that's going to be And it's just a cost. Like, he's going to represent. Yeah, you're, you're afraid of that, that the Redskins Chiefs game from last year with, with the laterals and then. I mean that was so. So you basically have two really bad, um, final play of the game defensive touchdowns that have cost you. I, I think you right personally. I think you lost in that one right uh, last year. No, I, I, there's been there was there was a there was a one also this year last year I think. Well, I was talking about the Redskins uh, lost you. The, the Washington well, State team. I, Oh, you're just talking about specifically Washington. Thank you. Thanks for bringing up that you were actually just talking about one franchise over the last few years. The Washington Football Redskins. Uh, well, racist franchise. Uh, uh, all right, you are NFL. Yeah, Jeff, your uh, your audio is getting a little bit iffy, but you know what? We are we are troopers here, and we are dedicated. We're we're gonna we're we're gonna plow through this. 
Um, to yeah, NFL pick, you only listed three picks here instead of norm, your normal five. Is is there a reason for this? I didn't hear what you said, but I'm going to let you get onto your picks. I said there's so much garbage right now, right? It's like the last, I only need picks. Well, I mean, we've had to put five picks when even when we didn't want to in the past. Do you really want to put five picks in for the 17th week of the NFL season? Um, I mean, how many? I actually have picks in five games personally. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. We don't. I told you we don't bet. We don't actually bet the last week of the season. But I. You would I wait. Wait. I, You're saying you wouldn't bet the Indy Tennessee game if you showed an edge or you know, the Denver Chargers game or, like, any of these games where teams, Cleveland, Baltimore, like, where teams are actually motivated? I literally, I literally emailed my partner and I said, hey, he, well, my partners, and said, hey, can we run the NFL numbers for this week? I'm curious to see what they look like in some of the situations where the games match. And he wrote me back, he's like, it's hard code to zero, and it, it's basically what he's telling me is, in our thing, it's it, it, it's impossible to run it. We create like a, a safety mechanism, so we've that in weeks. That's hilarious. Okay. Um, well, let's. I absolutely, absolutely being an ass junk. These games. No, I, I, I don't. Our lines would be. I can't. Jeff, I'm literally hearing about every other word you're saying, but, but I'm, I'm gonna. I do know what your picks are, so I will be able to relay them to the listener. So that's the good news. Okay, go for it. I'm hoping that it's maybe my end or something and that people can actually hear you. I'm sure we'll find out on Twitter like in the next 24 hours. But as um, always, as always, of course. So your first pick is Jacksonville plus, uh, you put like plus six and a half, it looks like it is right now. Um, I'm going to actually check because, yes, it is plus six and a half uh, against Houston. And I actually agree. So we both have Jacksonville plus six and a half. Any rationale for you since you're doing it without actual numbers? Um, okay, is this better? Because I just took my AirPods off. I thought maybe this would be better. Yeah, it's a little better. better. Okay. Uh, I like, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, the, the, the number says that this line should be lower than it was. I actually got it because I was curious about this game early on. Um, what it would be. Better, I, bet, I got, what's that? You bet it at seven and a half as well? No, I bet it at eight. Eight oh, minus right. 120. Uh, eight, eight, eight minus 120? 120? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, you beat me, but I'd rather have seven and a half minus 110. Yeah. And did you hear the good news? What? Bortles is starting. I know, I know. I'm happy about that. Me too. That's why it moved from seven to six and a half, I think, right? I mean, what what do you think? What do you have as the difference between those two guys? I I don't. We don't do it like that. We don't. We have a top down model. It's not a bottom up model. So you, a, you don't have adjustment for quarterbacks. Not like that. No. So I mean, you you make manual adjustments yourself, basically at the end, yeah. end stage. Okay. So I have it as like I mean, because I'm top down with Massey P. But well, it's team the level. Player level model is not top down. It's it's bottoms up, right? Right. Right. It's no, I'm talking about Massey P. Buddies is. We have three units. We have the quarterback. We have the team offense aside from the quarterback, and then we have the defense. So, um, yeah, Massey Peabody like makes. Uh, we, we basically have Kessler is one point seven points worse than than Bortles, but, um, yeah. So we both like that game. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. I also, we both also like Miami plus the four and a half. Yeah, we do. That's way off. Way off, right? Well, well, you do. I mean, there is that sort of late season narrative. I mean, with a warm weather team visiting a cold weather team. In this it's case, so cold. I thought Buffalo was beautiful. It's it's, cool. you know, it looks like twelve percent chance. No, 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 no percent chance of precipitation. Seven mile an hour wind. Twenty eight degrees. Ryan Ryan Tannehill conditions. It doesn't I, matter. Ryan Tannehill is basically a tight end playing quarterback. He'll just run the whole time. Well, uh, I saw a tweet this week that that Ryan Tannehill has the sec- has had the second best season of a Miami Dolphins quarterback according to quarterback rating, um, basically since Dan Marino. 
or Dan Marino has the only higher quarterback rating for a season um, in Dolphins history. So, you know, we're talking about a legendary season here. Okay. But, uh, enough Ryan I mean, I, talk. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, that's one game where the player level model and the MP model disagree, but both of them show value on Miami still. So, or at least both of them are on the same side of that. So I, I'm also on Miami. Although I actually lost on the line move there because I got it early at three and a half. I didn't think it would actually go up, but I'm going to probably get a little bit more at four and a half. So I also got that at three and a half earlier this week. Only... But I did get some of our next pick, LA Rams minus 10 versus San Francisco. I got some at minus nine and a half. So how That's do you think about that? I got minus nine and a half, minus 106. I got minus nine and a half some, and then I got some minus 10, even minus 10, 105, minus 105. It's actually minus 10 plus 103 at Pinnacle right now. So, um, no. so everyone yeah. can go out and get, get their. This is our late Christmas gift to everybody, the Rams, which I mean, they'll be able to hear us. So, yeah, I mean, I make that like, I don't get that number really. I make it, I make it like 17 basically, Um, which I think that there's this perception that the Rams maybe aren't going to play quite as hard or because, you know, they've lost. No, I mean, I think, I think, I think think they're going to buy. Yeah, and I think they're also just going to roll because they they or at least try to roll because they haven't played very well lately. Well, and, you know they're what's that? What about last week? I mean, they I mean, sure, golf didn't look great, but they still like put a beat down on a really bad Arizona team. Yeah, I mean they played all right last week, but that, I mean I wouldn't call that like what I'm saying is they have a bye coming up. If you're McVay, you want your team like. You want to come out and blow the crap out of them. So, I mean, you might actually – the Rams' first half might actually be a good play. Would they only have a bye if they win? You realize that? Sure. If they, if they lose and the but, Bears but win, the Bears get the, result the, the The result of that winning will be that they will get rest. Yes. Right? So it's not like a situation where he's worrying about resting them. True. Because I mean, he will get rested. Is Gurley supposed to play? Or do we get uh, all world running by CJ Anderson? It doesn't matter to me. CJ Anderson's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. You only have. And then to you like Denver plus six, right? I, I do like Denver plus six. Is that is that the current line still? It looks like yeah, six and a half to six and six and a half. Um, that's one that I think is sort of an overreaction to this the Raiders game, which I did not happen to see, but. I did see the highlight of Dwayne Harris picking up a bouncing punt and running at 99 yards for a touchdown. Uh, it is on one yard line. So, um, and, and basically looking at the, uh, how my numbers moved, you know, I didn't think Denver was really outplayed there. Um, so I make the line only two and a half. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And well, they're, they're at home a little bit of uh, that elevation. I'm just looking what's your fifth pick? Right what's your fifth pick? You said you have five games that you show value in. Um, well, I have five picks that I've bet, and I will give you know this last one I got at six and five and a half. But you know what? In the Christmas spirit, let me see what the line is first. Um, I will also give it at four and a half because I make the line. Massey Peabody makes the line um, zero point six. The player level model makes it five and a half actually though. So you average those out. Um, with proper weighting, we get 2.3. So um, I will give you the Chicago pick, um, the Bears plus four and a half. And the Bears have do have something to play for, provided the Rams lose, which is very unlikely. But, you know, imagine how stupid they would look if the Rams lost and then they lost because they were resting starters. That that buy is worth a ton. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Coaches always say that, you know, they say they're going to play guys or whatever. I mean, you never know what's actually going through their heads. But but I think if, if I'm if I'm the coach of Chicago, I think you at least have to play your starters the first half of the game, then check on the Rams score. If the Rams are up 20 at the half, then I rest my starters in the second half. Um, but, you know, you still have to go into it thinking you got to win. Right. What do you think? What, what would you do if you were the coach of the Bears, if you were Matt Nagy? Honestly, I'd probably not. I'd probably rest people. Because you're going to play Minnesota next week. You're going to, like, have to show, you know, you 
you show them stuff, you give them more film. Well, if you beat them, then you're playing Philadelphia next week, probably. Assuming Philly beats the Redskins, which they probably will. I think I'd rather play Minnesota. Why? I don't know. It's hard. But, but um, of course, like Matt Nagy, do you think playing a team for the third time, like, I think he's, I think he's a smart coach. I think we both agree with that, right? Like, do you think that actually he's at more of an advantage or a disadvantage playing a team for the third time rather than playing them for the first time? Um, I, I don't think that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, if Minnesota, if, if you have a situation where, you're going to play that same team again next week. It's sort of like the UAB-MTSU game, right, where you, MTSU needed to win that game and UAB rested all their starters and rested everyone and had a vanilla thing. And, then, you know, then they were able to, like, come out with more of their tricks and whatnot in the championship. Right. I mean, but... Personally, if I'm the Bears, I would much rather play the Eagles than the Vikings. I mean, just based on the yeah. Peabody numbers. So, um, with with a backup with Nick Foles at quarterback and with a depleted secondary, basically. So, I mean, I think the I think the Vikings are a better team than the Eagles right now. I think they're both actually pretty good teams for. Um, I would rather play, you know, India or Tennessee than either of those teams, right? So I think that the NFC wild cards are going to be stronger. Well, actually, that's not true because the Chargers or Chiefs are going to be the strongest wild card we've had in either conference in a while. But yeah, I don't know. Um, my numbers like the Bears, and I think the motivational aspect isn't really enough, in my opinion, or at least it wasn't at, at a line of five and a half and six to to dissuade me. But um, because you're you're asking for it, I'll give you that. Oh, okay. I, never mind. I was going to say, actually, the other play, I did, that actually wasn't the fifth play I had. The, the fifth was something else, but, um, but those, you know, some things are best kept secret. All right, we'll leave it at that. You want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Merry Christmas, everybody, belatedly, and and Happy New Year, and enjoy the football season. Simulate a system to break down the data, analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are but the engines running off a of leaded. None of it's organic. It all sounds synthetic. That's why I fucks with Jeff Ma and his dog Rufus. No locks of the year. They just tell you what their truth is. Maybe make your pockets fatter as the bookies get thinner. Give the information turn and losing betters into winners. Yeah, Rapping Rockers, Jeff Ma, Rufus Peabody, crunching all the numbers, Massey Peabody rankings, we're looking for the edge, analytically driven, crunching all the numbers.